0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: Time to talk some more college football, mainly the ACC, and to do that, we welcome now David Glenn from the David Glenn Show. David, thanks so much for joining us, man. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. I'm actually watching that Phillies
0: game. I'm paid to cover college sports, but I grew up in Philly, so uh, I'm
1: hanging with every pitch in that one. So do you give you uh, let's say, let's, let let's let's talk good things. You guys advance over the Padres. Do you think you have a shot against Houston? I'm already penciling Houston in over New
2: York. Mm-hmm.
0: The the Phillies would definitely be the underdog. There's no doubt about it. I'm old enough that I actually saw the Phillies win it all in nineteen eighty. I was there in person with my dad at Veteran Stadium, which doesn't even exist anymore. (laughs) So I think after what was it, ten straight years of no playoff appearances for the Phillies, the fact that they've gotten this far, and if they somehow survive San Diego, yeah, uh, it's okay to most Philly fans that they would be underdogs to the Astros or probably the Yankees as well. Uh, I won't say never with the fighting Phils. They've got some nice chemistry and mojo going, but. Clearly, this is an even matchup against San Diego. I do think they would be the underdogs against uh, the AL champ.
1: As a Cubs fan, I'm rooting for him because of Kyle Schwarber. Love that guy. You know, you know. so coming into the season, I was actually really high on Miami, and I really like Tyler Van Dyke, especially if you look at how he yep. closed out last season. I mean, he had, what, four straight games over 350 yards. Nobody had done that since Bernie Kozar. They had all those upset wins. Then they bring in Mario Cristobal to become the head coach. You think they're going to get better in the trenches. They've been a huge letdown. They're ten-point favorites over Duke this weekend, which is actually kind of surprising. But I think the bigger letdown is Ben Van Dyke, who did begin the season last year as the third-string quarterback. But some people were saying maybe he could be as you know as high as like the third quarterback taken in this draft. Some had him going number two overall. What have you seen from Miami and really Tyler Van Dyke? Um, you know the reason that they've been such a letdown to start the season.
0: It has been an upside-down year for quarterbacks in the Atlantic Coast Conference. It's been really, really weird. There were only two schools that were breaking in a first-time starter, Duke and Carolina, and both of them have had great quarterback play. And all these other schools have had returning starters, either incoming transfers who started at their previous school, or just the guy who started for, for them the previous year, like Van Dyke. And they have struggled in some cases. It, it applies to Van Dyke at Miami. It applies to Brennan Armstrong at UVA. I think uh, poor line play is a part of the explanation in both of those cases. Miami actually has some good running backs, uh, but Van Dyke has not had great timing. He has not been as accurate as he was last year. Uh, and somebody like Brennan Armstrong at UVA, it's the same thing. Uh, you know, If you're running for your life or throwing from your back, it's harder to complete passes. And neither of those veteran quarterbacks has had great blocking in front of them this year. David,
3: you talk about the quarterbacks. Uh, The head coaches, right? You look at the Coastal Division, and four of the teams have broken in uh, new coaches this season. Miami with Cristobal, Duke, Virginia Tech, Virginia. Georgia Tech's now on an interim head coach, too. Cristobal, we expect him to kind of rebuild things at Miami. So outside of him, if you look at Duke, Virginia Tech, Virginia Georgia Tech, Have you seen anything from any of those first-year coaches that you think they're they're really building something nice there and they could be a factor in the conference maybe the next two, three years?
0: Well, you never know. I I can't say that anybody has overwhelmed me just yet. Um, Duke does deserve credit for a 4-3 and start under Mike Elko. And for those who haven't followed his career, he was a great defensive coordinator at Wake Forest. Notre Dame threw a bunch of money at him. He was a great defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Texas A&M threw a bunch of money at him. He was a really good uh, D.C. for the Aggies. And then Duke gave him his first chance as a head coach. Duke was picked to be probably the worst team in this league. So the fact that they're 4-3 and three, yeah. and they really went down to the wire with a 6-1 and one North Carolina team last time out, that's an accomplishment in itself at a school that just doesn't win very often in the sport of football. So I'll give Mike Elko credit for that. But I talk to these fans all the time, and Virginia fans are upset with Tony Elliott, and Virginia Tech fans are upset with Brent Pry. Uh, Elko is getting the benefit of the doubt at Duke because you know they just aren't used to winning at all. Um, And we'll see about the Georgia Tech interim coach. I don't think they'll stick with him in the longer run. But I agree with your assessment that in terms of a a longer-term future, Mario Cristobal is the place where the coaches I know uh, have the most faith that even if it's not a vintage year this year – that he's going to probably be the best chance in quite some time for the hurricanes to get back to where, you know, where they want to be, which is that reputation that they had for a long time as that five time national champion and perennial contender. Uh, But that most recent national championship is now more than two decades old.
2: Clemson has gotten better week after week, even though in the beginning of the season, DJ didn't look great, but he's actually looked a lot better as of late. They take on Syracuse this weekend. Is is Syracuse a fraud? Because, you know, they this, this is the 14th ranked team in the country, but they haven't really played anyone. What are your thoughts on this game?
0: I think that's a fair assessment uh, on my sports radio show. We often play a game called fraud or legit. And it depends on how you define fraud. Right. If you ask me, is Syracuse a legitimately good football team? I'll say yes. But do I believe they are fraudulent as one of the remaining undefeated in FBS football? I'll also say yes. By that definition, they're a fraud. I think they're going to get smacked at Death Valley. Um, Again, a nice football team. Garrett Schrader, their quarterback, he's been in the SEC, the ACC. He's playing the best ball of his entire life. Dino Babers has completely rejuvenated that program this season after some down years. But the bar is still set with the Clemson Tigers in this league. DJ Uyangalale is infinitely better at QB than he was last year. He's still no Deshaun Watson. He's not Trevor Lawrence, but he is a much-improved version of himself as the Tigers are off to a 7-0 and start. Um, in, in a lot of years, they leaned on their defense as much as their offense at Clemson. This year, it's been the offense carrying it a little bit more than the defense. Now that uh, Brent Venables, their longtime defensive coordinator, Is the head coach at oklahoma and they're they're breaking in a new defensive staff i i like clemson in this game i like clemson to cover the spread in this game and i do think syracuse is going to get kind of that rude awakening again they'll be six and one even if they lose but clemson has won 37 straight home games guys i mean i've been covering this league since 1987 And the only ACC football team that's won that many home games in a row was when Bobby Bowden had Florida State in their golden years, you know, back in the 1990s. That's an incredible stat. And Clemson can tie, break that tie with those FSU teams by beating Syracuse. And I think the Tigers will get that
1: done. David, I was really excited for North Carolina State going into the season. You know, and I know Dave Doran's this defensive-minded head coach. And Losing Devin Leary now is obviously devastating. He's yeah. my favorite quarterback to watch in that conference. But, you know, what have, what have been your thoughts on them this season? You know, because I heard a lot of people saying this could be a 10-win, 11-win team. You know maybe maybe even an outside shot at winning the pack tw- or the ACC if anybody other than Clemson's going to do so. What has been your assessment of them this season, you know, other than the injuries obviously. You know, do you think this has been a successful season for them?
0: I do think it has been a successful season and we're going to eternally play the what if game with Devin Leary yeah. because anyone who saw the Wolfpack last week saw that they were just a shadow of themselves with, you know, an FCS transfer trying to run the quarterback position. Um the Wolfpack definitely has the best defense in the ACC. So those preseason prognostications were not based on just pure speculation. A lot of those veteran players they know that nc state and this is this is a crazy statement because some schools win 10 or more games all the time but nc state which has played football since you know the late 1800s has won 10 or more games only one time in the history of the program so a lot of those guys you know with the COVID rules you have that extra year of eligibility that you can opt into if you want a lot of their better players decided to stay for one more year and a lot of them are on that defense that has really shut people down. When they lost 24-9 to to Syracuse last week, it was not because of their defense. It was because yeah. the offense couldn't string together first downs, much less touchdowns. So we'll never know. I don't think NC State has much of a chance to get to that 10-win threshold with backup quarterbacks leading them the rest of the way. I mean, Devin Leary was the preseason ACC player of the year. He had insanely good numbers last year. And he's out for the season. So the Wolfpack's still going to play good defense every week. But, man, they're going to have to grind out some ugly victories if they're going to get anywhere close to 10 wins.
3: David, this Pitt-Louisville game on Saturday night's a total stay away for me. I want no part of this game. Pitt's Mm -hmm. obviously been underwhelming. And Satterfield, uh, you know, is this one of those games that he might need to kind of hang on to his job, do you think, this week, that they have to win against Pitt?
0: It's hard to say. There are reports out of Louisville you guys have probably seen that, you know, he was going to be fired if he lost last week or the week before that. I don't know if that's true or not. He is definitely on the hot seat. We went into this season knowing that Jeff Collins at Georgia Tech was number one in the hot seat, meaning in the Atlantic Coast Conference, and, of course, he's already been fired. Um, Scott Satterfield is on that hot seat as well, and his record to this point, it's not a bad football team, but Malik Cunningham in that Louisville offense I, I like your take on staying away from the betting window on this one because when Louisville is clicking, it's actually a pretty good football team. Mm-hmm. I know their record doesn't reflect that right now, uh, and they got just curb-stomped by Syracuse in their opener. I think they they lost some of their mojo there, but they played Florida State down to the wire. Um, they they crushed Virginia last uh, in their last time out and they they absolutely annihilated South Florida. They beat a pretty good UCF team. So, Louisville's capable. I do think Pitt has a chance to win the ACC Coastal Division. There nobody in the ACC Coastal is is, you know, a runaway freight train. It's you know, Carolina scores a lot but gives up a lot of points. Pitt is explosive but inconsistent there's nobody coastal chaos definitely applies to the ACC this year Um, so yeah that one could go either way I do think Pitt is the slightly better football team but Louisville being at home um, maybe the players playing for their coach's job uh, you never know where those emotions are going to run this game and and (laughs) I'm backing away from the betting window on this one as well
3: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check
2: Only a couple minutes left David, but I'm really curious about your thoughts on this Wake Forest game because Wake Forest has looked awesome even yeah. in the game against Clemson where they went into do- double overtime like they probably should have won that game if they would have continued to just throw the ball. Um Clemson the one thing that they do really well is stop the run. So they take on Boston College this weekend. They're 20 and a half point favorites. That line actually has moved down. What are your thoughts on this one?
0: Wake's going to win. <laughs> uh, it's, it's always easier to pick uh, straight up than against the spread. We all know that. Do you cover 20 or 21? That's a guessing game. I'll, I'll say that Sam Hartman – is along with drake may of unc one of the two best quarterbacks in this league he he can run it a little he can throw it he's incredibly smart they have that weird hesitation offense where he tucks the ball into the running back's belly and holds it for an uncomfortably long amount of time (laughs) where it's his job to decide whether to leave it in there or not i mean we all know rpos but this is like a, a long slow moby dick length you know yeah type of RPO. It's just bizarro by football standards. I think Wake will put up a huge number. Boston College has been a massive disappointment this season. Um, And Wake is so well coached that I think the Deacons are going to roll um whether they win by three touchdowns or not is another story but but wake, wake is right up there with clemson as the class of the acc this year and boston college is near the bottom of the barrel
1: i agree i love watching sam hartman Me play too. in that offense I, that's why oh. i thought they were actually going to struggle against clemson but clemson's defensive line's been a little overrated yeah, i think this have. year but man i mean that was a great game and they should have won a lot of bad luck Hartman for was able to do whatever
2: game. he wanted throwing the ball
1: david thanks so much man enjoy the games this weekend we have to have you back soon
0: Ryan, PJ, Trista, great to be with you. Keep up the good work.
1: Thanks, David. Nice to meet you. Really good stuff. David Glenn from the David Glenn Show, and I agree. I think Wake wins. I don't know if they cover the spread. I love Sam Hartman. Do you guys think he's an NFL quarterback?
2: That's a good
3: question.
1: That offense is like... I mean, not you're not gonna see that at the pro level, obviously. Yeah. Those RPOs. Yeah, that- I
3: mean, if Trevor Simeon can make the league, don't you think Sam Hartman can? <laughs> if Josh Rosen I mean, can
2: make the league. Josh- well, he's I know, <laughs> I know. He's, he's, he's we, poor, we poor all Josh, love just Josh just got Josh cut again. Rose, I know. I mean,
3: if Jacob Easton can make the league.
1: Yeah, true. Hell. Yeah, Hartman's a good if, player. If Taylor Heineke can nah, I'm just
3: kidding.
2: That was he's, good he's about stuff to
3: beat my team. On, That was good stuff on yeah, the he's, ACC. He's great, man. Dave's good.